in the book of Ephesians. Uh, it's actually one of my favorite books, but, uh, you know, they're all favorites, really. Uh, so uh, Ephesians is a tremendous book of revelation of Jesus and what he's done for us and who we are in him. And so we are going to look today, beginning with verse 13. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. In the context, it's talking about uh, Gentile world. The Gentile world is made up of anyone who is not Jewish. So that would be any nationality, any race, any culture, any people group, anywhere in the world would be included in this Gentile world. So there is a, uh, in this context, there is a conversation or communication about uh, Jew and Gentile. And so he says, but now in Christ Jesus... You who sometimes were far off are made nigh, meaning the Gentile world, those who uh, had no covenant, had no uh, relationship with God through faith in God. Uh, But he said, now you who were afar off are made near by the blood of Jesus. So the blood of Jesus is what gives us actual access, as we will see today. The blood of Jesus gives us access into The presence of God, according to Hebrews chapter uh, 10, it says that the blood gives us access into God's presence. And uh, so through the blood of Jesus, any one of us, by faith in Christ Jesus, we were strangers, we were aliens, we had no covenant with God, but now We're no longer enemies, but we have been reconciled to God. We've been placed in a place or position of friendship and favor with God. And so God is our Father. And today, I'm just going to focus a little differently uh, about Father's Day and uh, focus on that God is our Father. And if we recognize that God is our Father and see Him as Father and realize the fatherhood of God and how good God is and how much God loves us, then we can be a good Father. You know, if you know how much you are loved, it's easy to love. Hallelujah. I said, if you know how much you are loved, it is easy to love. So your consciousness of the love of God towards you enables you to love others in the same way. Love your children, love your wife, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So loving God first, loving your neighbor And then loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And you can't love your neighbor very well if you don't love yourself. And uh, love, uh, when you love someone, it tells you you value them. Uh, When you love your wife, it tells uh, you and them that uh, you value them. If you love your children, then it tells you and it tells them that you value your children. So love is essential in the family relationship, in the marriage relationship. Loving God first, loving your children, loving your wife. Of course, the scripture tells us in Ephesians 5, 
uh, that we are to love our wife as Christ loved the church. And so, as a, uh, as a father, your first step to being a good father and stepping into the fatherhood that you are uh, supposed to communicate is actually knowing how much God loves you. And when you know that and are assured of that, you know, as a child, I did, uh, most of my life I didn't have a father. I had a, my dad died when I was eight years old, and he was sick in the hospital away from us for a, a period of time and uh, before he died. And then he did die, and uh, I was without a father, so I'm grateful uh, to God. And it uh, certainly affected my life as a teenager, as a child. Uh, but uh, I'm so grateful that I got to know God as my father. Because it changed my life. And it changed my perspective of life. And of course, I'm grateful for spiritual fathers as well. Pastor Phil Privet was a spiritual father, still is today. Spiritual father and pastor to me. Uh, pastor B.B. Hankins was a spiritual father and pastor to me. Of course, he's up in heaven, in the grandstands of heaven, looking over the banisters of heaven and cheering us on. Praise the Lord. Dad Hagen was a spiritual father to me as well. So uh, he's up in heaven, I believe, cheering us on uh, to run our race and to do what God's called us to do. So I'm grateful for spiritual fathers in my life. I'm very blessed. Amen. Uh, of course, Pastor Hagen, uh, overseer to us, is like a father to us as well and treats us that way. And we're very grateful for spiritual fathers. Now, the scripture says you have not many fathers. Amen. So, uh, you know, I'm grateful I have a few of them. That's a pretty uh, great blessing. Uh, to have a few spiritual fathers that have sown into your life and helped you along the way uh, in your own personal life and then also for me uh, in ministry as well. But just knowing God as my father and knowing people in my life that were fathers to me and mentored me and helped me along the way has been, uh, we could say, priceless. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus paid the full price for our sin, by his own blood, we have access to the presence of God. And by his own blood, we have access to the Father. To the Father. Think about it. Just the Father's love for you that you actually get to go right into the Father's presence. Let's go to verse uh, 14 here. Here he says, for he is our peace. Jesus is our peace who have made both one and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He is our peace. You know, God is the author of peace, not confusion. Anytime you're confused, you might want to look to Jesus and look right straight into his eyes, and it'll just melt confusion out of your life. Just get right in the presence of God, and it will dissolve confusion out of your soul. Hallelujah to Jesus. So he says he's made both one. In other words, Jew and Gentile, which, again, I just described Gentile world includes all different races, all cultures, all people groups. And so then, not only has he made Jew and Gentile one, he's made you and me one because we're all one in Christ Jesus. Well, that is in redemptive reality and redemptive reality 
needs to become reality to us. In other words, what God has done in Christ, and once you're saved, born again, and you get in Christ, and you recognize what God has done in Christ, but He's not all only done in Christ, He's done in you. So what God did in Christ, the whole idea was to put what God did in Christ inside of you. And so he has made both Jew and Gentile, or really all races, one in Christ Jesus. You can go anywhere in the world, and you have something to identify with when you go into other nations, other countries, and of course in this country, very uh, multicultural country, and so uh, you can go anywhere in the world if you have your identity in Christ, and you know that you're in Christ, you know that they're in Christ, there's, there is a spirit that you are one with, the same spirit of God, hallelujah. So he says he's made both one, and he's broken down the middle wall of partition between us, in other words, anything that divides. I said anything that divides. The devil is the author of division. And really he uh, works constantly in any way he can to divide the body of Christ and divide people. Divide people, different races, different cultures. He likes to divide because he knows if we're united, he knows he's in trouble. The house divided against itself will not stand. In other words, if you don't uh, unite If you don't unite as a family in the household, if you don't unite in your marriage, you will be divided. If you don't unite in your family, you will be divided. You'll be separated in some way. You might be in the same house, but walk around mad. You might be in the same house, but you act like you don't know who's in the house. You don't act act in love. You don't walk in love in the house. Well, it it doesn't matter where you are. Division uh, is really a work of the devil. But unity is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of God. So it's really a good way that you can recognize what's happening around you. It's a good way that you can recognize what's happening in your life. When it brings division, it divides you. You know something's working other than Jesus. Something's working other than the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will always unite people. All right, so let's go further here. He says, he's made them one to make in him, let's go to verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity and the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in him Make in himself of twain or of two one new man, so making peace. Making one new man, making peace. So there's one man in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, then I'm one with you. If you're in Christ, you're my brother, you're my sister. So then that would mean it doesn't matter what your color of skin, it doesn't matter your culture, it doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter what nationality, doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, doesn't matter where you came from, it doesn't matter uh, anything. Nothing in this world, nothing, if we acknowledge the blood of Jesus, we acknowledge who Jesus is, we acknowledge what Jesus has done, we acknowledge the cross of Jesus Christ, if we acknowledge what Jesus has done in his death, burial, and resurrection, if we acknowledge who Jesus is and we live in that awareness and live in that consciousness, although there are a lot of differences, God can bring us together as one in Christ Jesus. Not only redemptively, 
reality because of what Jesus has done, but now experientially. In other words, you can actually experience the kind of love that God has for you. He has that same kind of love for your brother and your sister too. He doesn't just love one over the other. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you may say to your child, you're my favorite, but you said to the other one, you're my favorite. You know, I don't advise that. That's up to you. But uh, uh, I only had one, so I couldn't do that anyway. So obviously, she was my favorite. But you know, God favors us all. God loves us all. God loves every person, everyone, every member of the body of Jesus Christ. And so we are one in Christ. And if God loves you, I love you. And if God loves you, I love you. And if you love God, then you're my brother and you're my sister. Isn't that right? All right, let's go further. He says, you're one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both. Again, when he says both, he's talking Jew and Gentile. So if he's talking Jew and Gentile, he's talking every human, every, uh, human being of every culture, every race, every nationality, every people group. He's talking about everybody. He has made us all one in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm telling you, God, if we get our consciousness on the Word of God, it will melt down some other stuff. It'll melt down anything that would divide, anything that would cause you to separate from the body of Jesus. It will melt it down because your consciousness is on Jesus. Your consciousness is on who God is. Your consciousness is God loves me. And God loves them. You know, we've emphasized in this church for 37 years who you are in Christ. Well, when I know who I am in Christ, then I also know who you are in Christ. But the only way it's going to change my life is I know. The only way it's going to change your life is you know. That's the way it works. Revelation changes your life. Revelation changes my life. Revelation changes anyone's life when you know who you are in Christ. And you value who Jesus has made you to be. Then you recognize who other people are too. So you're not so quick to judge them. You're not so quick to diminish them or demean them. Why? Because you know who they are. Even if they don't act like who they are. Aren't you glad God sees you beyond the way you acted? It's a good thing. Because none of us would have survived Christianity if we did not have a Father God who loves us beyond our foolishness. Loves us beyond our behavior. Loved us beyond our attitude. Loved us beyond what we just said last week. Or last year. Right? But the love of God is such that he keeps loving you. He keeps believing in you because he knows what he put in you. He knows that he put his life and his nature. He put that on the inside of you. And that has the ability to transform your thinking. Has the ability to transform your attitude. Has the ability to transform your way of living. Your lifestyle. And everything about your life can and will be transformed. When yielded to the Holy Spirit. When yielding 
to the Word of God. When yielding to who God made you to be in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So he says here, verse 16, And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. By the cross. There's something about looking at the cross that dissolves your sin. It dissolves your sin. Well, let's just call it out. Racism is a sin. Prejudice is a sin. I say racism is a sin. Don't matter who's got it. Don't matter how you're uh, portraying it. No matter how you're communicating it. It is a sin. Just call it what it is. It's sin because God loves people so much that he loves you and he doesn't look at the color of your skin and say, well, less than or more than. No, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So nobody has to go to hell. Nobody has to be less than. Everybody is in Christ that is born again and God created you in him and he created you as his workmanship and he created you in his image and he created you with the life of God and he created you with the love of God on the inside of you. He put something in you that this world cannot give nor can it take away. If you acknowledge who Jesus is, it cannot dissolve who God has made you to be. Hallelujah. This world will try to rob you and this world's division does not have to be your division. This world's vision does not have to be your vision. You need to have a vision of God and God's word and the reality of your redemption in Christ because that's what heals racism. I said that's what heals and delivers us from prejudices and, and, and seeing people as less than what, uh, than what we are. No, God created us all in the image of God and he created us with his very own life and his very own nature. And if God loves them so much that he would send his son to die for them, then I love them so much I'm going to live my life in love toward them. Because Jesus paid the price. And his cross and his crucifixion dissolves enmity. I'm not your enemy. Someone chooses to be your enemy, you don't have to, you don't have to reciprocate. In other words, you don't have to be one of those that says, well, I'll be your enemy then. That's your choice. But my choice, I can't control what everybody does. But I can control myself. You can't control what everybody does, nor what everybody says. And if you're waiting for the world to be perfect, it is not happening. There's only one perfect one, and his name is Jesus. And he's in the process of perfecting us into his image in every way. We would be conforming to the image of Jesus Christ, and that is a process. I would say touch your neighbor and let them know it's a process. But we're social distancing, so just touch your husband or your wife. All right. So the Holy Spirit, listen, can dissolve racism, but it starts in the heart. It starts in the inner man. It starts by this new creation, and then what you see in Christ and see in yourself in Christ and see in others in Christ, it dissolves it out of your soul. 
It dissolves it out of your thinking. It dissolves it out of your attitude. Praise God. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. He's Lord of all. He's Lord of my spirit. He's Lord of my soul. He's Lord of my mind. He's Lord of my attitude. He's Lord of my body. He's Lord of my action. That's what you have to choose. That He's Lord of everything. So I don't get to do what the world does. I don't get to behave like the world behaves. And if you've been behaving like the world, shut it off. Shut his water down. Listen, you can starve the devil right out of your house. You can starve the devil right out of your family. You can starve the devil right out of your soul. You can starve the devil. In other words, don't feed him. The devil's like a stray cat. If you feed it, it's hanging out at your house. Like a stray dog, if you feed him, he's going to hang out at your house. But if you don't feed him where there's no wood, the fire goes out. In other words, you don't keep throwing wood on the fire and the fire go out. You say, well, the fire didn't go out, but it didn't burn your house down. I said it didn't burn your house down, didn't destroy your life, didn't destroy your family, didn't destroy your kids, didn't destroy your relationships. I'm talking. I'm just telling you, you got to quit throwing wood on the fire because if you keep throwing wood on the fire, then it's going to burn and it won't just stop. It'll keep going and it'll get into your house because it gets into your soul, it gets into your mind, gets into your emotions and gets into your flesh. I'm preaching better than your amen. Somebody at the house, amen, because it's true. And I want to stop the fire. But I can't do it all. No pastor, no preacher can do it all. I'm just a messenger. And if you take the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord, and take it to your heart, take it to your house, it'll protect you, it'll preserve you. It'll preserve your soul. It'll keep you, and it'll make you whole. Hallelujah. So he said, again, verse 16, reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity. So if you even have a thought that's prejudice. If you even have a thought, deal with it right there. So, oh, oh, no. The love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going there. Thank you, Jesus. You got to manage your own thoughts. Because if you don't manage your thoughts, you know what? You might post it. And then the whole world knows how ignorant you are. And how godless you are. And how in the flesh you are. And how in the natural you are. But the Holy Spirit can burn it out of your soul. I said the Holy Spirit. I got lots of scriptures. But if the Holy Spirit is saying something, I'm saying it. I said the Holy Spirit can burn anything out of your soul. Just like he can burn lust out of your flesh. He can burn racism or, or, or prejudices out of your mind. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let's go further. In other words, the cross 
kills the enmity. Reconciliation restores people in relationship. Reconciliation, the blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ. The only way you got saved, you focus on Jesus. The only way you're going to get saved in your soul is you focus on Jesus. Because he's the only answer. He's the only answer. I said he's the only answer. He's the only answer to hatred. He's the only answer to prejudice. He's the only answer to racism. You can try to fix it in this world, but if you don't have Jesus at the core somewhere, it's going to be a mess. But Jesus can change the world. I said, Jesus can change the world. We want to, listen, the influence of God, listen, the influence of God, the influence of Jesus is the salt of the earth. I said, it's the salt of the earth. It's not just what it does in the heart of believer, but it's salt in the earth. It's a preservative in the earth. And it affects a generation. The gospel of Jesus Christ has always been the answer to every generation, and it has not changed, and it will not change. The cross of Christ is the thing that destroys the enmity. And when people get in the flesh, Azusa Street was an example. If we'd have stayed in the Spirit then, it would have been a different place in America. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit... The early 1900s would have transformed this nation earlier on. But prejudice divided them. It was people all together, black people, white people, other people groups. They're all together worshiping God. Why? They got in the spirit. They got in the spirit. And you lose, lose some old thinking. And it melts down wrong thinking about people. But they let it get back in. They let that stuff creep in. And it divided them. They went separate ways. You know, God uses what he can. He uses what he can. Two major denominations came out of it. And others as well. Groups. But wasn't the best. The best is they kept loving each other, believing each other, and growing through it and getting God's best. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go forward. Let's go to verse 17. And came and preached peace to you, which were far off, and to them that were near. In other words, the same gospels to everybody. Peace to everybody. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Here we are. If you find yourself in the presence of the Father and you start looking to him as your Father, it will change your attitude. It will change your perspective. Because you know, according to John 17, that God loves you Like he loved Jesus. I don't know how far you want to go with this thing. But 
if you tap into that root. If there's anything that will dissolve racism out of your thinking, any prejudice out of your thinking, it's looking unto God and looking unto Jesus and seeing God for who he is, seeing the Father for who he is, and seeing how much he loves you. And while seeing that, you see how much he loves them. He loves people. And he loves them just like he loves Jesus. And if he loves them like he loves Jesus, then I have a responsibility as a Christian to love them. Come on. And love them how? Even as he loves me. In the same way God loves me, you're to love somebody else. Isn't that right? So this kind of love... In the Father's presence, knowing God as Father. Knowing God as Father. I'll just give you a little testimony. When I was probably 17 years old or so, 18 years old, lived in a duplex. My mother said, it's okay to pray loud. She said, because I would pray, and she said, people need to hear people pray. You're not praying to them, but you understand. She, she encouraged me because I would pray. As a teenager in a duplex, if you don't know what a duplex is, my wife said explain a duplex. Well, I think most people know what a duplex is. You're, you live here and they live there. And there's a wall in between. It's one house. And so, so we lived in this, in this house, but I would pray and she encouraged me. It's okay to pray out loud. Well, actually, later, they got saved. So, and they were encouraged by hearing people pray and worship God. Well, in this duplex, I was a teenager. I remember praying one time, and I saw myself preaching to people of all different races. Large crowd of people preaching to people of all different races. I saw myself do that. So I came here, and God just made that happen. I said, I came here, and God just made that happen. See, what happened? I got in the Spirit, and I saw what God's will was for my life, that I was to preach to people of all different races. Well, one time, when Brother Hagin was here, you know, this room has changed, the carpet's changed, and we're thankful. But he laid hands on me about right there. And I fell out under the power. And he said, what I told you before you went to Ramah. And honestly, when he first said that, I had no clue. Mentally. And then immediately, I saw myself on that floor. And I saw what I saw. In other words, when you get in the Spirit, you see things differently. And so the Holy Spirit showed me where my sights should be, my vision should be. And God made it happen. Well, God's will is that we are one together and that we unite together 
and that we eradicate all racism out of our thinking. Now, this is for us, the church, but it's for the body of Christ. Erase it out of our thinking. Get it out. You know, when I was working in the grocery store, we, we had what we called eradicator. Uh, it was when there was a price thing. It was prices were changing all the time, constantly, one penny, four pennies, whatever. But you got to change the prices. That was before computer stuff. So we had eradicator, and we'd erase that ink on the top of that can, erase it out, and then you put a new price on it. So that's what Jesus did. He eradicated your sin, and he put your value. Hallelujah. He upped the value. Praise God. He said, you are a new creation, but he didn't just change the price or the value of your life. He changed what was in the can. He put what he is on the inside of you. He eradicated your sin by the blood of Jesus. He cleansed your sin. He washed you clean, made you whole. Now you just got to notify your head. It's called mind renewal. In order for transformation to take place in our lives, a lifestyle change, what has to happen is that we have to notify our minds what God says about us and what God says about others. And if I know how much he loves me, then I know how much he loves them. So one of the primary things as a teenager, one of the things that was transforming to my life was that I recognized how much God loved me. I'm talking about a a young man, teenager, that did not have a father. But I recognized how much God loved me. That was the beginning of a transformation in my life. Recognizing how much God loves me. And then the call to preach helped me recognize how much he loved humanity. And that vision helped me to recognize even more how much he loved all people groups. The word of God has a way and the spirit of God has a way of just dissolving Anything that would divide. And has a way of uniting your heart. Uniting you in heart and in soul. Thank you, Jesus. He said, through him we both, or we could say we all, have access to the Father. We have access into the Father's presence. One moment in the presence of God can change your thinking, can alter your future, alter your destiny. Now, therefore, we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. You're in the household of God. If you're in the household of God, then guess what? We're family. 
And families that work it out, the old saying, family that prays together stays together, still relevant to today. Families that just pray together and work through things. Listen, there's no, there's no perfect church. I said, there is no perfect church. But we are family, and we are working on it. I said, we are family, and we're working on it. When you have problems in your family, if you work through them, and, and whoever's involved is dedicated to it, if it's a marriage, if you're dedicated and you're committed to the marriage, you just work through the process. You work on it. You sit down and you talk to each other. You listen to each other. You don't just post on Facebook to each other how mad you are. No, you sit down and you talk to each other. Yeah, we're, we're in such a, such a world today. There's, we're in such a world today that people don't talk to each other. Families don't talk to each other. It's a challenge. I mean, that phone is like a body part. I understand. I mean, you know, all the text and all the communication, you know, and I'm trying to take care of business, communicate, and my wife's trying to take care of business, but sometimes we gotta, you got to just look at each other. Hey, I'm here. you got to actually talk to each other. And so we live in a world that thinks you can just quickly just make a post with no consequence. No, no. You're advertising to the whole world whatever you just said. Who, that could go uh, to any nation of the world, any person in the world that has access to Facebook. Could go all over the world. So you ought to think before you say something. Proverbs says, lay your hand on your mouth. Some people need a good roll of duct tape on their fingers. For a little while till you get your emotions settled. Now, it's a sad day when you get in a fight at the house with your wife and you start posting on Facebook. Now, what are you going to do? You're just going to mess up your relationship. That's what you're going to do. Valued relationship? Well, what about the family of God? How about the household of God? You don't just get on the, uh, you know, people do it. They get mad at their own family and they'll start posting stuff on Facebook. Get mad at their dad, their mom, get mad at their brother, their sister, and so why don't you go talk to them? They're in the same house. So, in other words, I'm preaching real good. I'm a pastor. I, I'm not just here to scratch your back and, and say, I, I hope it works out for you. No, I'm here to talk to you, here to teach you but also tell you how to apply it practically to life. 
Listen, this thing is real. This oneness in Christ is real. Jesus paid paid an awful price for me to be one with you. Jesus gave his life so that you could be one with me. I could be one with you. And we could have access to the Father. And we could gather in the same room, all different cultures, all different races. And we could worship God. And I don't want you thinking about what you just saw on Facebook. I want you to worship Jesus when you walk in the house of God. Thank you, Jesus. You got enough to deal with as it is. Just your flesh, period. So you need to be careful what you say. And especially at this season. Especially at this season. Because everything that's happening in the world is not godly. And that can creep into your soul. And that can affect your thinking. So you can't follow and swallow everything hook, line, and sinker, as Fred Price used to say. He said, hook, line, and sinker, fisherman, and boots. In other words, people just swallow the whole thing. In other words, we are in a culture that if we don't manage our lives, that we ruin relationships. And the most valuable thing that you have, you think, well, I can just find another place to go. But the most valuable thing you have is relationships in Christ. It starts at your house. If you're a father, relationship with your wife relationship with your children, then it goes to your church, relationships in the body of Christ. Because relationships are the thing that's going to hold you steady when the storm is on. And everybody's going to face the storms. We've been facing it for months now, out of church. I might be out of church in in the sense we're not all here in the same room, but I'm not out of touch. And the Holy Spirit wants people to stay connected rather than letting the devil divide. Division is never the will of God. Unity in the Spirit is always the will of God. Very important time. I'm just going to be very clear. Very important time to be very sensitive to African Americans right now. Because there's a lot of pain that has been experienced for 400 years. And they weren't living then. I understand. But that pain has gone down the line generation to generation. And a lot of pain in this world right now. So it's very important to be very sensitive and very thoughtful. If you're a person of white skin or another uh, race, to be very sensitive to this moment in time. And if we will consider and love one another so much so much that we would just just pause for a minute and say, now what would be encouraging? And pause for a minute and listen. Not to the world. Because the world will screw it up. They have and they will. But the church can get it right. 
And I praise God for any good thing in the world. But if you don't have the salt of the earth, Jesus, it's going to be so tainted. It might look like unity. There is this thing called the Antichrist. It's going to look like unity to everybody living on this earth. It's going to look like, oh boy, woohoo! we finally got unity. And you're looking to a false Christ. So we're not looking for that spirit. I'm looking for the spirit of Jesus that really does unify the hearts and minds of people. That is real, it is genuine, and it's the thing that's going to cause us to go to heaven, but also it's what it's going to be like in heaven. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people group. We're all going to be worshiping God together there, so we might as well warm up to the idea here. Because you're going to have to check it all in. Uh, to get in there, you're going to have to say, uh, you have to leave that out. That didn't come in here. In other words, you can't take racism into heaven. You can't take prejudice into heaven. You can't say, oh, I, ooh. No, everybody's going to come before the throne in the same way. It's by the blood of Jesus. I hope I'm helping you. I know I am if you're listening. Because I know the Holy Spirit well enough to know that if we listen, if we pay attention right now, it could transform this church, churches in our nation. It could transform our nation. Pain could be healed. Transformation could take place. And we could move forward as a church as the body of Christ at large as a nation we could move forward and we can and I believe that we will